Once again, the Sacramento Kings are victorious on national television, but you wouldn't know it by Mike Brown's comments at his post-game press conference. Find out why the Sacramento Kings head coach was pissed off despite the win right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And I expected an amazing environment here in the Golden One Center. I expected an entertaining and back-and-forth basketball game. And yes, I expected a Kings win despite the Knicks coming in here having won nine out of the last ten games. These are games at home that you need to win. And this is a national TV stage that the Kings don't get nearly enough as they should. And it's an opportunity not only for the players uh, to show that they belong in this second seed. And not only do they deserve the attention of everyone around the uh, United States and NBA landscape, not just Sacramento. It was also an opportunity to show off and showcase Sacramento. Now, they did that earlier this season, beating the Brooklyn Nets, beating down the Brooklyn Nets in this building at the very beginning of the season. And at that point, it was a, the 0-4 start does not define us. We are a different team. Tonight, it was about, hey, we belong where we are at. We need to be taken seriously. And just because we don't have the playoff experience necessarily doesn't mean that we're not still a legitimate threat to every other team in the Western Conference who might have the privilege or disfortune of facing us in the postseason. That was the vibe that I got from the Sacramento Kings tonight, except for the fact that the Kings really did not play great basketball for a large portion of this 122-117 to win. Now, I'm going to give my commentary on this game. Of course, I'm going to give what I notice in my response to what you're about to hear, but I think it is essential for me to start off this podcast with the majority of of Mike Brown's press conference. It's not the entire thing, but it's the most important parts that you should hear. It's about 10 minutes of just pure Mike Brown, and I think it is must-listen for Sacramento Kings fans why Mike Brown is unhappy despite the fact that the Sacramento Kings beat the New York Knicks. A very impressive win, but the, you're going to get a couple themes from this press conference. Number one is obviously the expectations are a lot higher than regular season wins when they get a TNT game once in a blue moon. The expectations are, no, like we're going to be getting national TV games every single game that we're in the playoffs, and we look forward to having a bunch of national TV games as the Sacramento Kings move from the first round to the second round and maybe even deeper than that. That is how Mike Brown is coaching this team. That's going to become very apparent for you. The other thing is accountability. Mike Brown has preached accountability all year long, except this time he makes it about the players holding each other accountable and taking that responsibility off him and his coaching staff and putting it on his top guys, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Again, I think this is absolute must-listen and must-watch uh, content for Sacramento Kings fans. So give it a listen. If you want to, if you've already heard it, you can skip to the second segment where I'll provide my commentary and my thoughts on this game. But for now, here is a pissed off and very uh, reasonable in so many ways, Sacramento Kings head coach Mike Brown. Uh, it's a good win. Our guys found a way to get the win, uh, but we were not good. Uh, I was extremely disappointed in our inability to box out, uh, let alone rebound. Uh, Josh Hart just kicked our ass. 
he kicked our ass. Nobody put a body on him the entire night. Um, I thought their physicality uh, was great uh, because it made us go one-on-one quite a bit uh, throughout the course of the game and made us take difficult shots. Uh, I thought we didn't get a chance to get out and transition, A, because we couldn't come up with the rebound to get out to run and put pressure on them so they had us playing a slow, walk-it-up paced game. And they were the ones that got out in transition. Uh, They outscored us 17 or shit, excuse my friend, but 23 to 7. I mean, you could tell I'm a little frustrated. It's a great win. You take wins at this time of the year. But that's not how we need to, that's not how we should be playing basketball, which you guys saw tonight. I am not happy with our performance at all, except for the fact that we got the win. Somehow, some way, we have to be better throughout the course of the ball game. I'm going to put pressure on Domas and Foxy. They have to hold themselves to an elite level on every possession. But just as importantly, they got to open their mouths and hold their teammates to a high standard because that ain't going to fly. Give the Knicks a lot of credit. Good ball club. Tibbs has done a heck of a job with them. They're physical. They try to play the game the right way. You feel them throughout the course of the game. We're taking this win, but we got to be better. And it starts with Domas and Foxy. They got to open their mouths. And they got to challenge their teammates to perform each possession at an elite level. But they have to do it themselves on both ends of the floor. Have you felt this way after a win before this season? Or is no. this is kind of a one-off? 23 offensive rebounds. Again, you're happy for the win, but it, that does not sit well with me at all. Do you feel that they're receptive to it, especially coming off of a win, emotions of a win, and then to hear a message like that? Do you feel the team is receptive to a message like that? I hope so, because if we don't fix that, we're going to get our behinds kicked come come playoff time. That's when the big boys show up. What have you seen or what separated Fox in fourth quarters this season offensively when, when you guys just kind of just need a bucket in isolation? Fox has the ability – you know, and I didn't notice before coming. I knew he was go, He had a chance to be a great player. Fox's ability as a two-way player can make him freaking elite, like elite, elite. He doesn't quite know it yet, though. Uh, and he has a switch that he can turn on, and he usually turns it on in the fourth quarter when we need him to on both ends of the floor. Somehow, some way, I got to get him to turn it on for a little closer to the 34, 33, whatever minutes he's playing instead of just waiting for the fourth quarter because he's more than capable. I've been around a lot of great slash elite players. And... I'm a little hesitant to say this because I haven't been with him long enough, but he, and I haven't seen him do it in the playoffs yet, but he may be capable of being on that level. 
But the great ones, the elite ones, they do it all the time. And, and that doesn't mean go score all the time. That means be in tune with what your assignment, your job is, sit down and guard, push the pace, lead your team, all the little things that may not add up in the stat sheet from beginning to end to set the tone, especially at the beginning. So he is a special player, and the stuff he does in the fourth quarter doesn't surprise me at all, not at this point. I just need him to get to a point where he's doing it for most of the game. Yeah. But the sky is the limit for that man, I'm telling you. The sky is the limit for him. And it's going to be whether or not he wants to reach it. Like you're, you're harping on or talking about Fox and, and needing to do it from the start to the finish of the game. I mean, is, is that idea something that, that you think about from a season-long perspective beyond just tonight? Is that something that you would hope the, the team would figure out, particularly given that the fourth quarter numbers are what they are? Yeah, when I speak on Fox, I'm talking about the level he can get to. He's already a great player. He's done things to help us win in the fourth quarter. But he's got a chance to be, a, like, elite, elite. I, I'm telling you, I've been around him. And that competitive – for those guys, the competitive spirit shows all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? And I'm – it, it, but it, and it shows at an elite level all the time. You know, he's good enough to go out there and play and, and still be impactful and effective. But it's my job to try to push him to be as great as he can be. And he's not even really scratching the surface of how great he can be. He's heading in the right direction, but he's still got a ways to go. And when he does, ooh. Look out. Look out. That's all I can say. Mike, to that point, De'Aaron just sat up there and, and made a comment about how you have the ability to make guys feel like they might even be better than they are. Um, Coaching-wise, I think that's the kind of thing you'd like to hear. I'm also thinking that the message you sent tonight after a win, like you don't send this message publicly if you don't have confidence that you have their ear. What does it mean to you that this late in this season, your first one in town here, that that you have opened up that communication channel and, and their trust and all the things that you need for those messages to get through? One of the things, Sammy, is in order to, for anybody, any group to have success, the group has to be connected from top to bottom. And part of that connect connection means that there's a level of trust that you've, uh, that you've attained with everybody in the group, and not just me with Fox or Fox with, with Luke. or it's, it's everybody. And I know that we have to be able to speak freely, look each other in the eye and speak freely to one another in order for us to go where we need to get to. And so for, for, for me, being around this group, it means a lot that, again, not just that I have their ear, but they have my ear and everybody else. It means a lot for us at this point in time because going into playoffs, we're going to hit some adversity. And we can't sulk or be pissed from within. It's just like a family. If your brother is doing something he ain't supposed to do, 
you got to be able to look him in the eye and you got to be able to say, hey, you can be better. We need you to be better. And he's got to be able to accept that as it's coming from real love because that cat right there does want me to be better. Having that's going to be really important going into the playoffs. And that's what I spoke on earlier. It can't just come from me. It's got to start coming from Foxy and Domas, too. If we're not performing up to our level, they got to figure out how they could tell their teammates, we aren't doing our job. We can be better. And the teammates got to respond. Now, having said that, they got to make sure they're doing their job. I think Foxy had one rebound at halftime. And so it's going to be hard for him to go in that huddle and tell Cass to box out if he got one rebound. You see what I'm saying? Mike, it seems like in the modern NBA, 15, 20-point leads just aren't what they used to be. They disappear really, really quickly. Are they disappearing still quicker than they should be, or is this just uh, with the offense and the three-point shooting what the league is now? I think it is what the league is, you know, right now. Uh, the three-point shooting is off the charts. The skill level is off the charts. The weight team space is off the charts. Uh, everybody seems, most teams seem to be playing fast. And so 15-point lead can go away like that. And that's why you can't help them. <laughs> you know, that's why all the little things have to matter. They got to matter. Like, you got to take that crap personally. You know, you got to want to go hit somebody. You know, that, like, that, that's got to mean something to you because it can go away like that. And that's what I was most disappointed in tonight is there was no sense of urgency when there needed to be that. And we got to change that because we cannot go into the playoffs playing, as, as playing the way we did when it comes to physicality. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor that I am geeking out about. I'm an armchair GM. I know many of you are armchair GMs. Now, this is the true general manager experience with the ultimate pro basketball GM game. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring and uh, the right coach coaches and assistant coaches, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, through the draft and the ups and downs of the regular season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And I guarantee you, you'll probably do a better job in your first season than I'm doing in mine. My, uh, my franchise, off to a bit of a rough start. We're 15 games into the season. Uh, we have six wins to this point, but we're going to turn it around. I'm going to figure it out, and let me know how you do in your ultimate GM experience once you start playing. Locked on Kings listeners, you can get 100% free boost to the franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store, so make sure you check it out. To download the game, visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today man there is so much in there that mike brown said i'm not going to unpack and go over all of it but i'll say this i absolutely loved it i loved it i loved mike brown making every intention for his future and what he's trying to do here perfectly clear this is not about just winning regular season games 
Mike Brown is here coaching and preparing this team for a playoff run. Coaching and preparing this team, teaching them what they need to do in order to be a champion. And believe me, he knows through all of his experience, especially with the Golden State Warriors over the years as an assistant uh, coach under Steve Kerr. Mike Brown knows what it takes to win in the playoffs. Mike Brown knows what it takes to get to the championship. And Mike Brown knows what it takes to win the championship. So despite the Sacramento Kings beating the New York Knicks and us feeling good about the beam being lit over the Sacramento skyline on this stormy night in Sacramento, Mike Brown knows this team needs to and can be so much better. 23 offensive rebounds for the Knicks tonight. 23 offensive rebounds, 17 second chance points. And in reality, that number should have been a whole hell of a lot worse. The Kings were lucky they only gave up 17 second chance points because the Knicks shot 7 of 19 on second chance opportunities. They shoot a little bit better than that, Kings probably don't win this game. Now, if the Kings had actually handled their business on the glass tonight, boxed out and controlled the glass and not allowed the New York Knicks to run all over them and embarrass them, which is the word that I used earlier on, on social media during the game. Mike Brown used that word during the postgame press conference. It's absolutely accurate. The Kings were embarrassed on the glass tonight by the New York Knicks despite winning this game. Had the Kings handled their business on the glass, the Kings should have won this game and would have won this game comfortably. And the fact that the Kings had a 21-point lead at one point in this game suggests that this could have been a blowout similar to the Brooklyn Nets blowout on national TV in this building if the Kings had handled their business on the glass. Now, that's both a positive and a negative. It's good that the Kings can have so much struggle in one area and still be in control for the majority of the game. But on the other hand, like Mike Brown said in that press conference, the Kings play this way in the playoffs. They're in for a rude awakening a very rude awakening, regardless of the opponent that they're taking on. And I love the fact that he preached accountability. He preached accountability, and he's, he's putting it on De'Aaron Fox. He's putting it on DeMontis Sabonis. He's putting it on the players, and he's talked about this a little bit earlier on in the season. Mike has said that he wants to get to a point where the players are kind of policing and coaching themselves, and he can kind of sit back, and that's not Mike being lazy. That's Mike instilling his system, instilling uh, his lessons into this uh, this roster and every coach wants to get to a point where their roster is doesn't need them anymore that's how they know they've done their job effectively and sometimes whether it's Mike Brown's quick timeouts at the start of quarters when the Kings are on a uh, off to a bad start or whatever Mike has to call the timeout to regroup them and kind of bail them out a little bit Mike has to be the guy to, to preach that accountability and hold the team accountable maybe that was appropriate for the first half of the season but at this point with how good we know this team is plus what they're prepar preparing for in playoff basketball he doesn't want to have to be that guy anymore he expects De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis to be that guy I also thought it was really good what Mike had to say Say about De'Aaron. Now, Mike, of course, is the biggest fan of De'Aaron, bigger than anybody else in this building. He loves De'Aaron Fox. He thinks De'Aaron Fox is excellent. He made that very, very clear. However, he wants De'Aaron Fox to be fourth quarter Fox for 35 minutes a night. He knows De'Aaron is capable of being that for 35 minutes a night. And we've talked a lot about is De'Aaron, does De'Aaron perform the way he does in fourth quarters because he is able to take it easy and coast through the game? Mike Brown seems to think that the way De'Aaron plays for the final 12 minutes or so is how he can play for the majority, if not all, of the 35 or whatever minutes that he is getting a night. This is exactly what you want of your head coach. This is what says that this culture in Sacramento is very different. It's not just about winning basketball games and being happy to be here and being happy to win. That might be good for us fans, and I'll raise my hand and say, hey, man, I'm happy the Sacramento Kings beat the New York, New York Knicks tonight by whatever means. I'm happy. Very happy the Kings won tonight. I'm very happy the Sacramento Kings get to the playoffs. And I've been very uh, clear with the fact that once the Kings get to the playoffs, I have no expectations. I want to just enjoy the ride, see how far they go, but I'm not going to be angry if they lose in the first round. 
Mike Brown and that team will be because they know they're more capable than that. And maybe I should be holding this team to that standard. I'm not there yet necessarily. I'm going to allow Mike Brown to do that. But that doesn't mean I don't appreciate the things that Mike was saying there in that press conference and holding this team to that standard. They want to be champions. They don't have to wait until next year or two years from now when they have playoff experience to start holding themselves accountable as champions or to start to hold themselves to that bar. Why not start right now? That's what Mike Brown is preaching, and I absolutely love that. Now, at the same time, this was an awesome win for the Kings. The New York Knicks have been on an absolute roll as of late. Unfortunately, they lost before coming into this game, and I apologize about the noise in the background. The great team here at the Golden 1 Center is getting ready to, I think, tear this court out, so i got to get moving. But, um, like, the New York Knicks should have brought a massive win streak. It would have been like 13 games or something like that win streak into the Golden 1 Center tonight. Unfortunately, they lost their game before this, so the Kings couldn't snap their streak. Regardless, this win is a very impressive win for Sacramento. I shared with you that this stretch of games that they're on, they have the Phoenix Suns coming up next, and they have the Boston Celtics still, the Milwaukee Bucks still. Like They have a lot of tough games coming up. This stretch is going to decide, in my opinion, whether or not they're going to be a, a second seed or a third seed, a top seed or not. This is where they're going to either slide or they're going to secure it, in my opinion. And what a great start on national television beating a very dangerous team, a team that does have more experience. If we're talking playoffs and winning basketball, they have more experience than the Kings do. But the Kings were the better team pretty much from start to finish in this game. They looked like the best team tonight, even though they made significant mistakes on the glass. But the Kings... They don't shy away from this national TV stage. They're undefeated on national TV this year. They're undefeated in overtime games. Not that tonight went to overtime, but I still think that's worth pointing out. In big moments, in big games, when it really, really matters, the Kings continue to step up and deliver. And that's just so significant for this team that hasn't been here before. 8-1 and one since the All-Star break. Continuing to just handle your, your, your destiny. Your, your, your future is in your hands. If you make the playoffs, your playoff seating, it is in your hands. Don't worry about the Lakers helping you out by the, beating the Memphis Grizzlies, who, by the way, kicked the Warriors' ass tonight. So the Kings needed to win this game to stay in their second seed, and they did that. Kings are handling their business. The Kings are in control of their destiny, and they are making the absolute best out of it by having won eight out of nine games during this playoff race since the All-Star break began. And it's also great to see this team shine and this city shine for the national TV audience. I'm going to talk about the atmosphere here uh, towards the end of the podcast in a little bit. Now let's talk about, of course, De'Aaron Fox, fourth quarter Fox. De'Aaron, definitely like Mike Brown said, could have done more until the fourth quarter began. His final stat line tonight, 23 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 7 assists, 4 steals. We'll get to the steals in a second. Not the most impressive stat line that De'Aaron has had this season by any stretch of the imagination, right? He just had eight straight 30-point games not too long ago. So 23 points, some might say that's a little overwhelming. But boy, in the fourth quarter, where he had 15 of his points, he shot five of seven from the field in the fourth quarter, he took over. He took over this game. Again, national stage, everything set, set up for him to take over this game and lead the Kings to... The victory with the New York Knicks coming back, and they started the, uh, the fourth quarter on a 7-1 to run to cut the Kings at one point, 21-point lead, down to just one point. De'Aaron Fox took over the game, had that big dunk, attacked the basket multiple times, and boy, was he talking. He was chirping. He was talking to the crowd, talking towards the NBA on TNT table, talking to his opponents. He was talking and, and making sure everybody knew that he was for real and he had arrived on the scene as a star if some people didn't consider him a star already. Love what I saw out of De'Aaron Fox tonight. I thought it was one of his better performance performances despite his stat line not being uh, as impressive 
with the exception of the steals. And that's why I think this performance was so excellent in addition to the offense that he provided four steals tonight. Now, it seemed to be a game plan for the entire Sacramento Kings team that every time the Julius Randle put the ball on the floor to try and poke the ball loose and, and, and to attack him and, and, and make him either turn the ball over or force him to pick up his dribble or force him into mistakes. And it worked tonight. Julius Randle had one of his worst games as a New York Knick in this building. And he typically cooks the Kings in this building. He still played well, did not play nearly as good as I thought he was going to considering he hit his first three to start the game. And I went, here we go. Julius might go for 30 or 40 points tonight. Well, the Kings handled their business against them. De'Aaron Fox was excellent defensively for the majority of this game. I thought his defense was more impressive than his offense, of course, until those big buckets that he had in the fourth quarter. He was incredible. Uh, and I got the opportunity after uh, the game, both he and Malik Monk were on the stage together. I got the opportunity to ask De'Aaron about um, this Kings crowd in attendance tonight and what it meant for him to not only play in front of this crowd, but for this crowd on national TV to get the recognition that they deserve. Fox, you've, you've spoken many times about wanting to be the guy to help bring playoffs back here and bring this crowd back into playoff basketball. I know the crowd has been there all season long, but to experience that tonight, the energy, and have the national audience see that, what does that mean to you? I think it's big for the, for the organization and for the city. Um, I mean, this is much bigger than us. Uh, like you said, I think people know about the Sacramento crowd, but obviously we play late games. People on the East Coast or in Central Time aren't, you know, they're not, they're, they're asleep when we're playing. So for them to be able to experience, and in, in, in obviously not everybody has league pass. So uh, to, for people to experience this on, on TNT tonight, I think was, 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 was huge for, for, this, uh, for this fan base and for this organization. And um, I think once playoff time comes, obviously most all arenas are, are loud, but I think, uh, I think this is just a special place to play. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. We're past the midway point of the NBA season. We're on the home stretch before the playoffs. It is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. If your first bet loses, you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. And you can use those bonus bets to win bets and to make money on FanDuel. It's like an insurance policy right away. You can give it a try. There's no sweat if you lose. That's why they call it the no sweat first bet. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drained in a game. It can get uber specific. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if you're FanDuel uh, or if you lose your first bet when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yes, this is an excellent win. Yes, this is an impressive win, but it's not one by which anybody should be surprised because this is what the Sacramento Kings have been doing all season. Mike Brown knows it. That's why he's holding this team accountable and holding them to that standard. The players know it. That's why they're going to fight and going to work hard, in my opinion, or based off of my understanding of this team, they're going to give their all to meet that standard that Mike is setting. They took this floor tonight expecting to win. They took this floor tonight believing they should have been favored by more than they were in this game. They didn't care how good the New York Knicks are, what kind of run the New York Knicks have been on. The Kings have been on a run, too. And this was, once again, their opportunity to shine, and they took it and ran with it. And they didn't shine nearly as bright as they could have, which is both encouraging and, in some ways, disappointing. But what Mike Brown said post-game, 
how much better we know this team can be. That should make you more than excited, not just for the playoffs, but for the future and future years of this Kings team. I want to talk about DeMontis Sabonis really quick because I didn't touch on him. Ninth triple-double of the season. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. He came out really aggressive in this game. I think he had 11 or 13 points in the first quarter. Like, he was really, really aggressive attacking the basket. And he's someone, I just had Jerry Reynolds on earlier this week, a couple days ago, and one of the things Jerry said was, like, he wants Domas to look for his shot more at times, that sometimes he's too unselfish. He passes the ball too much. Well, Domas came out on a mission to score and to go right at Julius Randle, uh, right at Mitchell and the rest of, uh, of that Knicks front line that hadn't, really no answer for him. It was good to see aggressive Domas. Of course, nine triple-doubles on the season is just phenomenal. He's excellent. And then, of course, I got to give love to Trey Lyles. I give love to so many players on this roster. Like, uh, Malik Monk had a phenomenal second quarter. I think he scored 14 uh, of his, like, 17 points in the uh, the second quarter. Like, he caught fire. He was excellent off the bench. The Kings had seven scores and double figures. But once again, Trey Lyles, man, he is just so good, so consistent, so solid. 16 points, 4 of 7 from the field, 6 rebounds. Trey Lyles, in my opinion, should be a day one free agent for the Kings this summer. He is going to get paid. He, Chris Biederman said before the game, and I think he's 100% right. Actually, he might have said it during halftime, but regardless, Chris said, and I agree with him, he said he might be the best and most valuable $2.5 million a year player in the league. He's definitely one of the best bargain players in the league. The Sacramento Kings should make it their absolute mission. Monty McNair should make it his absolute mission to bring Trey Lyles back on a multi-year deal this offseason and try and get that done right away because I guarantee you other teams are paying attention and they're going to catch on to how valuable Trey can be for their team in their rotation. Trey Lyles is the backup five for this Kings team. He is, and he's going to be in the most important games and in the most important stretches of games. Trey Lyles is that guy. He's Mr. Reliable. He has earned that here in Sacramento, and I, I absolutely need to see him back in a Kings jersey. I know most of the clips that you've heard tonight, with the exception of the Fox clip, all the stuff from Mike Brown has been kind of serious and kind of negative, despite the positive of a win. We also got this great moment. Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox were at the podium together after the game today, and uh, Malik was being asked about what he's seen from fourth quarter Fox. And actually, screw giving you context. Here's a, here's a little sound clip, and, and for you watching on YouTube, a little video of uh, uh, something that Malik said that, uh, that got the entire room to grin and chuckle a little bit and uh, certainly surprised De'Aaron Fox. I know how to uh, say something to get him turned on, too. So, uh, whoa. Come on. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> man those guys are just so much fun and we're trying to have as much fun as possible here and so much of that fun is because of you the king's crowd like there have been numbers wise bigger crowds in this arena tonight it was a sellout it was like 18,050 something we've seen 18,111 as recently as a couple of games ago in this building so we've technically seen bigger numbers but this arena was popping tonight that volume was there, the energy was there, and I guarantee you, you made an impression to the rest of the NBA world. And if they're not paying attention, that's on them. And anybody who's ignorant enough to say, why does the city of Sacramento have a team? How does this small one-sport town, how are they carrying a team when other places like Seattle or Las Vegas don't have a team? You know what, let them say it all they want, because screw them. Because everybody who's actually paying attention and everybody who's actually here recognizes how special this environment is and that the NBA is at its absolute best when the Kings are good and this crowd is active, loud, and involved. Now, this crowd has always been here, and they've continued to show up through the bad times. But now, once again, that 
for lack of a better term, Arco Thunder that was coined uh, in the 90s and 2000s when the Kings were at their heyday. That Arco Thunder is taking over the Golden One Center once again. And it's still... We have not scratched the surface of how loud and crazy it's going to get in here when we get actual playoff basketball. I got emotional and teared up a couple times just with the volume and the excitement and the fun in this building. So thank you for not just providing that for the players, but for providing that for me, a, a kid who grew up with that noise, a kid who grew up in the the in Arco Arena where my mom would tell my uncle to make me wear earplugs during the game. And thank God my uncle didn't so I could experience the energy and volume of that arena. It's probably one of the reasons why my hearing is so bad despite my ears being the size of size. Of satellite dishes. Uh, I can't hear nearly as well as maybe I should. Probably a lot of that has to do with the volume of Arco Arena and I say make it louder here in the Golden One Center. I absolutely love it. Here's my takeaway from tonight. The Sacramento Kings, the players, the coaches, the fans, they're ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for the playoffs. We still have a way to go, but this Kings team is making the playoffs. And like they've proven tonight, like they've proven time and time and time again, and like the fans have proven for the last 16 years despite the team not being up to par, this city is ready for the playoffs. Cannot wait. Thank you so much for your support here of the Locked on Kings podcast as usual. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>